Welcome back. This is You'll Die Trying. I am Jonathan Carroll. And I'm Nathan Morris. Always laughing. What's going on with your arm? I don't have a clue. I, I'm not going to sit here and talk about it. My ailments, this whole podcast has become my ailments. Well, I have Nathan's web body MD'd falling it. apart. I've web MD'd it and it doesn't look good. <laughs> what is it, doctor? I, I don't, I, 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 you need to discover that on your own. Well, Nathan has some tingling sensations in his arm. It's my right arm, everyone. It's at the top, and then uh, there's a pain, and then it shoots kind of down to my phalanges. I think you have a pinched nerve or something. I think so, too. I shouldn't have put that piece of furniture together or lifted that 88-pound box with my right arm by myself. Not even kidding. Not trying to sound like... It wasn't It wasn't graceful. I'm not trying to sound strong. There's this 88-pound box and fire pit, fire pit. Megan's like, put this together, which is fine. I don't mind, but why did I do it with just one arm? One armed it like this, and then it almost fell, and my knee got involved. You should see the bruise on my hip. <laughs> really, your knee got involved, and so I should see the bruise on your hip. Well, I guess it hit here and rolled down. Here, I'll show you. So, just to describe for you what's <laughs> happening, Nathan. Oh, that is a bad bruise. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's terrible. I told you. you I wasn't should, trying to should, make a cool story. You I'm, should get that looked at. I really should. This is You'll Die Trying. You never know what's going to happen. You definitely don't. talk often on our podcast about relationships, and we use the term transactional sometimes to um, describe relationships where I need something from you or vice versa, and I want to make sure that we're all clear that those are not bad, that those can be good, and those are real, and they also can lead into friendships. For instance, I overheard you the other day talking to T.R. Ward from American Mortuary Coolers. It's obvious how much respect y'all have for one another, even though the relationship's primarily a business one. Absolutely. T.R. Ward is my go-to at American Mortuary Coolers. I mean, when you think of coolers or American mortuary coolers for that, you just think of that. And there's so much more than that. In the world that I'm in and the five rooftops and you have vendors everywhere. And to be able to streamline a process is fantastic and phenomenal. So he is my go-to guy. Anything from prep room, care center related to funeral visitation related, TR Ward at American Mortuary Coolers has me and my team and family covered. To all of our listeners out there who share, as Nathan does, in the funeral profession and the caring of families in their time of grief, if you haven't already, give a call 1-888-792-9315 or email funeralsource1 at gmail.com and visit americanmortuarycoolers.com for all of your funeral needs. So I thought it would be good for us today, Nathan, to talk about um, happiness. Oh, happy day. Would you say that you're a, a happy person in general? Yes. Why do you think that is? Because I've been not happy and I don't like that version of myself. And so every day I kind of choose to be happy. There are moments where I'm not. Let's be very honest. There's not glitter and confetti. I think I've referenced that in a previous podcast, but I don't like the other me, the not happy me. And being happy is just kind of fun. And I think I'm more fun to be around. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Do you think that it's there's a distinction between happiness and joy? Yes. 
Yes. Can you outline that for us? I don't know that I can probably do it as intellectual as you or intelligently as you. Uh, that door is crooked, by the way. That's what you get for a house from 1860. Anyway, no. <laughs> Here, let me try. I'll try. Joy is like, I think joy is the, is joy the feeling? Like I feel like warm and fuzzy. That's like a joy. And then happiness is like what you choose to, please help me. I'm drowning. Well, I mean, I don't know that there is a right answer. Yeah, I know. My response or my thoughts about that are that happiness is circumstantial. I can have a happy moment. I can feel happiness about a certain thing, a certain context, a certain situation, or not. But joy is a kind of um, an experience and an emotional reality that's occurring kind of in the background. Uh, a deep-seated contentment, a privileged delight, a pleasure in living that's not circumstantial. So if I'm getting pulled over by a police officer, which doesn't happen ever, I might not be happy in that moment, but I can still be a person of joy. I can still be filled with joy. There are people who have happy moments who don't have joy. So I think joy is that kind of underlying life satisfaction with a, a sense of well-being that is beyond circumstances. And happiness tends to be circumstantial. Are you happy right now? Yes, I'm happy right now. Because you're podcasting. podcasting. Yeah, yes. exactly. Do you have joy right now? I do have joy. Me too. I I believe myself to be a joy-filled person. You despite are. Despite the circumstances and sometimes because of them. I think you're always full of joy and you're always, I've never seen you not happy. That's nice of you to say. Thank you. I haven't. I'm going to make you, I'm going to try to make you mad. That's a nice life goal. To, to make you mad? To try to make someone unhappy. Yeah, I think that that really is, is helpful. It's life-giving and I'm, that makes me a really good friend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I'd like to, um, there, there are so many great books on happiness, but the one that I'd like to draw uh, our listeners' attention to is a book by Sean Aker called the happiness advantage, how a positive brain fuels success in work and life. The idea being, contrary to conventional wisdom, which is that if we work hard, we will be successful, and if we're more successful, then we'll be happy. The idea of the book, however, is uh, a bit different, uh, and it's from the field of positive psychology. And it shows that the, the formula is backwards, that actually happiness fuels success and not the other way around. And of course, your phone goes off to interrupt such a beautiful point. Do you know who the world's happiest person is? Is this a joke or is this true? It's true. The Dalai Lama. No, but you're close. I mean, you're definitely closer than I think most people would say. Uh, Buddha. He is a Buddhist. Okay. Uh, is he living? Matthew Ricard was, at the time, 69, which would make him about 71 now. Okay. A Tibetan Buddhist monk, born and reared in France. He participated in a 12-year brain study on meditation and compassion 
that was led by Dr. Richard Davidson, who's a neuroscientist from the University of Wisconsin. And Matthew Ricard, uh, among others, had his, his brain connected to 256 sensors. And his meditation and uh, contemplation led his mind to be unusually light. So uh, it was said that he can meditate for entire days at a time. And according to this study, he is by far the world's happiest person because of it. He is totally comfortable with being with himself. Yeah. Wow. He my is friend, comfortable sorry. being in his own mind, in his own life. Yeah, my friend actually over the weekend was talking about how their spouse has taken up meditation, like actual meditation, sitting uh, in reflection. A lot of people call prayer meditation this a uh, friend of mine, he actually sits somewhere in his house and sits and I don't know what his meditation consists of, but it's what you would think of with meditation. I picture like sitting Indian style, crisscross applesauce. There you go. More yeah. appropriate. And and uh, starting that way. I don't know. That's, that's pretty awesome. Well, Ricard says that um, meditating for him is not me, me, me. Like it would be quite stuffy, he says that. Actually, the secret to happiness for him is striving to be benevolent, which makes you feel better and makes other people enjoy you more. What do you think about that? Now, not to confuse that with letting other people take advantage of you, of course, but you're striving, generally speaking, to be kind within reason. You don't want to become a doormat. But to be benevolent, if your mind is filled with benevolence, the passion and solidarity that benevolence brings, then you become uh, in a very healthy state of mind, and that becomes your conductor to being more uh, a more flourishing person. Do you meditate? Uh, I do. I wouldn't say that it would match the criteria of conventional description. No. I don't sit in the same place all the time, and but I do uh, watch my breathing and sit in silence and in a sense of kind of preparing. We talked in a previous co- podcast right. about emptying and yeah, I do that. One of the really cool features on the Apple watch is, uh, it'll say time to breathe and it'll give you, you said, I guess throughout the day, I don't know it well enough, but I do know apparently at the end of every day, I'll do this breathing exercise for one minute and I'd follow the breathing in the breathing out. It's super helpful. I know yeah. we've talked about that previously, yeah. but right. anyway, uh, it, I want to be like Ricard. I want to be the happiest person on the planet. So he has some some tips. Okay. Like pass me that cookie tip. That looks delicious. This There is a cookie the size of Dr. J's head that we are going to split down the middle. Hey, it's as you, as you like. Because we are... This... Mm. That's delicious. Breaking in half. Oh, and... Uh, this is kind of a Eucharistic moment watching you break. You get the bigger half. No, 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 here, no, no, it's all take, you. Take no, this extra no, piece. no, I'm not taking it. Okay, you're going to continue. I'm sorry. Ricard says the first thing that we should do, and this makes so much sense, is to start training your mind like you would train your body to run a marathon. He says everybody has the ability to have a lighter mind because there's potential for goodness in every person, unless you're, you know, a serial killer. But everyone else has the capacity for kindness. But like a marathon runner, no one's going to get up off the couch and go run 26.2 miles 
people who want to be happier have to train their minds. He's waiting for me to interject so he can take that nice piece and take a bite of it. All right, your turn. Keep going. (laughs) With mental training, we can bring our level of happiness to a higher level, like running. If I train, I get to run farther and feel more comfortable doing it the next time. Right. And if I do that long enough, I push myself, challenge, and stretch myself, then the next time I get to go a little bit farther, potentially a little bit faster. So benevolence, intentionality, paying attention, emotional balance, resilience, all of these are skills that can be honed. These are things that we can be educated and trained for. You put them all together, happiness is a skill that you can be taught. I don't really think there's not something that can be better in your life, right? I mean, you can always, I guess my point is, is everything is fixable. Everything is is uh, capable of being better. Would you agree with that? I think I think that's true a lot of the time. I, I'm trying to think of a situation where it would be, and there probably are a bunch, so don't scold me for, I just, I can't think of, of a scenario yet in my mind. I'm always just thinking of, well, if you want to be a better this, then do this. I don't know. Am I wrong? Where? No, I'm thinking too. I, I think, you know, there are certain ways that we can't improve uh, physical health probably with just our thinking. Although there are people who think, who say that you can, like there's another Tibetan Buddhist monk who was able to reduce his body temperature and heart rate to that of near-death clinical conditions with meditation. Jeez. And uh, how you know that you can do that, and then wanting to do that, those are that's a different conversation. That's a totally, like, who in their right mind wakes up one morning and says, I want to lower my body temperature? It's kind of the, just, I want to wake up with a fever. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, uh, I actually know someone, this is true, and this is my friend's dad's dad, diagnosed with cancer, true story, very faith-filled individual, power of prayer, obviously I believe in, he believes in, and he said he's not doing chemotherapy or any type of radiation. You know what he did? He went to the farmer's market and bought a bunch of vegetables and fruits and juiced nonstop for a year. Never went back to the doctor to see if the the cancer had metastasized or whatever. Juiced everything? Everything. Okay. Everything changed his diet, lost weight, felt incredible. After a year, he went to a yearly checkup, and they're like, "What cancer? Unbelievable. No cancer. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. How did I get on that? We were talking about happiness, and you brought up <laughs> cancer. No, we were talking about how uh, your body has certain conditions that you may or may not be able to control with thinking, and you gave an example of how someone seemed to be able to control that. But of course, there are situations where you can't. But in most cases, I think you're right. We can be better Mm -hmm. at what we do. Mm -hmm. One of the things that Ricard says that we ought to do is spend 15 minutes a day with continuous positive thoughts, uninterrupted, 15 minutes of continuous positive thoughts. I like that idea. I like the idea of spending a portion of this podcast doing positive thinking and affirmation to our lives and each other. You down to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Before we do that, I also want to add this tidbit. When I started here at the funeral home, my now mother-in-law, I find out that uh, she is a breast cancer survivor, and she did not miss a day of work. She uh, was uh, diagnosed with stage four breast cancer, stayed positive, stayed happy, stayed 
prayerful. And uh, she later, I said, what was the, what do you feel aside from the treatment that you received from the incredible doctors and staff? She said, I was happy. I stayed happy when I would go in for her specific treatments. She said there were a lot of people that were down, obviously. I mean, who are we to speak to that? And she said that she chose to remain happy. And she stayed happy throughout the entire process. And because of that, she believes uh, that she was healed partly because of that. Isn't that pretty wild? It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. In remission for since 2007. Anybody who knows her knows that she's an incredibly positive person as well. Always. My mother-in-law grew up on a farm and, you know, had three brothers and sisters and they, you know, worked their tails off to make ends meet and uh, they had to work for everything they had and she chose to be happy. She rode the bus to school. I mean, her story is really, really incredible. It comes from a great family. Family now has a huge farm operation and they're the most humble humans that I've, that I've encountered, to be quite honest with you. And Anyway, that's just a little tidbit of information. If, if uh, a lady who is diagnosed with stage four cancer, sitting, receiving chemotherapy treatments and radiation treatments can sit and smile, then, you know, I don't think our scuffed up shoes are that big of a deal. Yeah. It's once again, as we've mentioned before, finding what you can in your life to be grateful for and to think positively about. Right. Right. So let's spend a moment. Let's talk about all the beauty that is in our lives because let's be honest, it's, let's go back to the scuffed up shoe. I, I did scuff my shoe up, these nice shoes on that, on the cot. Cause you put your toe under the cot wheel. I'm not happy about that, but it's okay, right? It's more than okay. It's okay. Yeah. That cookie was delicious. It still is. I'm, I'm pausing cause I don't want to chew. Okay. Publicly. <laughs> this isn't publicly. There's a thing that people really hate. The sound of other people chewing. So. Oh, I have a friend, Casey. Casey, if you're listening, ever since I've known her, she literally wants to punch people in the head if yeah. they chew gum. She's like, quit chewing gum. So it's pretty amazing. I, that's a that's a thing. That is definitely a thing. I don't have that problem. You know what? I do have a problem. I think we've talked about it. Sounds. We've talked about it. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're supposed to be talking positive. You're <laughs> like, why do you think it's hard for people to be positive? We've talked a little bit about this in a podcast about gossipers called Gossipers Be Kind, but mm-hmm. why do you think it is that we are, uh, we tend toward a negative bias? I don't know. I think everybody likes that kind of a story right now. It's a very negative time mm-hmm. in a lot of ways right now. If you're open to that, you can see it. It's it's like anything else. If you're, if you're looking for it, you can find it. It's everywhere. It's on the it's on the dramas, it's on the comedies, it's on everything. If far as far as what your entertainment is, it's in the news, uh, which of course has been that way for quite some time. It's in the circles of people that you encounter. I, I think it's just the I think it's just the wow factor that people are drawn to. People love the train wreck, which is weird. Yeah. It's felt it's unnecessary. I don't like the train wreck. I Have don't. you ever heard of a uh... Of Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu. <laughs> Let's do this again. D- d- I thought you said loud Tzu, like it's a nursery rhyme reader. Lao Tzu. No, I have not. Probably a Chinese prophet. In fact, he was Chinese and was the founder of Taoism. Oh, m- one of the major world religions recognized. And Lao Tzu has a phenomenal quotation. 
Watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habit. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Dang. There is your long, albeit short, path from your thought life to your future. It's all about what you think about. We all have a set of messages that play over and over in our minds, and it's it's an internal dialogue. It's a kind of personal commentary, which has influence over our words, our actions, our habits, our relationships, and ultimately, in the words of Lao Tzu, the destiny of our lives. So, how can we get out of this pattern of negative self-talk, we get in a negative feedback loop where that internal seed of negativity causes this dark ripple to carry out into the farthest corners of our everyday life. What can we do to interrupt that, to go away from talking about all that's wrong with the world, and always expecting the worst, and instead to think differently, to brighten our world view? Got thoughts? <sighs> Well, first and foremost, beautifully said, beautifully questioned. I believe that Lao Tzu did a great job there. <laughs> Lao Tzu, correct? That's it. Jokes aside, I think that's beautiful. Isn't it amazing that what you think ultimately becomes your destiny? Whoa. You can apply that in so many different ways in life. When I pull out of my driveway in the morning, I look at my house, and I look at the really, really pretty flowers out front that Megan does such a good job of keeping alive, and I think... I love my house. And then I drive down the street and then I notice that I love my neighborhood. And I get to the corner when I turn right every morning, like clockwork. And I'm like, hmm, I love that I don't have to sit here long because I get out at the right time before all the traffic comes. Yeah. You go down that road, don't you? Sometimes. <laughs> You're all over the place. You're just trying to find the river. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I don't know where, where her, I don't know where her school's at. I'm, I'm just, just trying to smell fish and listen <laughs> just, for foghorns. <laughs> just need the river. I think those are those are things that I've done to really start that process. So gratitude, gratitude, have an attitude of gratitude. And I think we had a, uh, an episode on that exclusively. We, we do practice gratitude. First step toward a more positive life, a more positive mm -hmm. self narrative. Another one: surround yourself with positive people. Right? Surround yourself with those types of people. If you find yourself ditch the crabs, ditch the crabs. If you put a crab in a bucket, it will climb out. If you put a second crab in the bucket, neither of them will climb out. You know why? Because they're fighting. One tries to escape and the other one pulls it back down into the bucket. Is this real? Yep. Surround yourself with positive people. If you don't, there will be people by the buckets full whose negative crab-like mentality will cause you to slide down. Have you ever noticed that? Positive people spending time with negatively Never. oriented people. Never. Those negative people tend to have a more powerful valence over the positive than vice versa. Oh, I was over here saying never hang out, but I, I, I get what you're saying now. <laughs> <laughs> ditch the crabs. So be grateful. Ditch the crabs. What else? Let's see here. I'm going to kind of throw out a... Uh, Matthew McConaughey said, don't leave any crumbs. So, action, I don't... I see. How about 
kindness, doing something kind. <laughs> That's exactly what I was trying to say. Because, you know, leaving no crumbs is an act of, of responsibility and accountability, and it's a way of showing kindness to those who come behind us. There we go. Do something kind. It's easy to get absorbed in our own little worlds of misfortune and forgetting about people around us. So step outside the daily routine, help somebody else do something, and you will have an unbelievably beautiful, amazing perspective, and you'll be filled with positive thinking. Don't ask me what else. Smile. Smile. That's a way to trick your mind, actually, that to is, be more positive yeah. is through smiling. The simple act of smiling, even if you don't necessarily have very much to smile about in a moment, instantly changes the way you feel internally. And it changes the way people interact with you also. I'm smiling, and it feels really, really good to smile. Try smiling at a stranger you pass on the sidewalk and see if they smile back. I do that a lot. And some people don't have anything to do with me. That's true. <laughs> they in really larger don't. cities, I remember growing oh. up and I was told, when you go visit the city, don't make eye contact with anyone. <laughs> don't talk. Don't look. And whatever you do, don't smile. Like you become a vulnerable, you know. That's the silliest thing I've Yeah. No, I'd, I'd go out of my way to say hi to everybody. Megan gets on to me. We go to like functions and stuff all the time for the homes. We're very involved. I know I've talked about that, but I'll go out of my way to like saying hi to everyone. And people, some people, hey, if you're going to go to a public event, you better be ready to talk, right? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially if you're there representing If you're business. representing a business, go there anyway. I, if you're there just as a date or something and you're just going to well, go and dance and eat, then it's like, yeah, you know. No, you're not allowed to dance if you don't talk to people. Right. It's rude. Anyway, I, I do. I think smiling at people, t- saying hello to people, giving them a good, how do you do? Makes one happier. Makes me happier. One more? One more. So we practice gratitude. We do something kind for someone. We ditch the crabs. They're just going to pull us back down. And we smile. Finally, actually, how about two more? Two more. It's what they call do the two steps forward. So the idea that is this. It takes a while to shift our thinking patterns from a more negative to a more positive orientation. So we have to be patient with ourselves and try to simply observe our thought patterns. And when we do, we try to catch ourselves. So if we're getting ready to say something negative, we catch ourselves. If we're getting ready to gossip about someone, we catch ourselves. If we're about to say something judgmental, we catch ourselves. We focus on that failure that failure of nerve to be more positive. And we observe, like, what is that about? Then we counter that with something positive. So even though we might have taken a step back, we just took two steps forward, right? So we have a net gain of one step. Mm. Finally, it always comes back to the body. Positive posture. Do you know people whose posture tells you a story even Uh, though they haven't told you anything yes the mind and the body have an intrinsic connection each impacts the other in profound ways if you are struggling to move your mind into a more positive perspective try it with your body first stand up straight shoulders back chin level a high chin is often body language indicating an anger posture sometimes we think it's arrogance It's normally anger, which probably comes out of hurt. There's probably a little bit of fear. So 
shoulders straight, I mean, shoulders back, back straight, chin nice and level with the ground, stretch your arms out as wide as they can go, feel your power, feel your positivity, carry that posture with you, encouraging your mind to feel it as well, and you'll be amazed at the difference. I would not want to be in an airport terminal with you, because one who doesn't judge, you do see things, however... And you probably see thousand people walk by, and you can say, "Okay, they're miserable." <laughs> oh wow, they they're going on a vacation. <laughs> it's together. it's one of our joys and my favorite games to play. I bet we just did this recently. We were out with friends, and there were these. There's a couple near us, and and Joy and I are we're locked in. Right, we're still very engaged in the conversation, but we're both locked in with the dynamics going on beside us. And we have like these little clue words that we'll just kind of toss back and forth, even though no one else is in the conversation, because we're both like trying to figure out what's going on. I like to play like, what denomination are they? Because I think that's fun. Are they Baptist? Are they Catholic? But we also like to talk about backstories. So if it's just the two of us, I'll be like, okay, that couple right there, and Joy will say, okay, that girl, this is her first serious relationship. She got married. She's still happy, but she won't be in 10 years. This guy is, you know, it's like this entire backstory. And then I do the same thing, and then we judge, like, which pieces of those are probably true. And then you go up to corroborate. And then we go over there, and we're like, okay, here's what we think about you. Tell us your real story. No, we don't do that part. But it's just really fun to kind of engage. Let me be your friend. (laughs) What, What other people are saying with their posture. Right. And with their eye, their facial expressions. I mean, we were watching this one guy who's talking to his wife, and every time he talked to her, he would tilt his head and raise his eyebrows like he was talking to a dog that just, you know, we eat on the carpet. Eesh. It's like, man, and, and does she even see that anymore, or have they been right. together so long? It's just so fascinating. I don't think anything less of them. They're, I'm sure they're wonderful people, but as an example of like the messages we send, we're always sending messages. Right. Megan and I went to dinner the other night. We had a date night. It was awesome. And we went and we sat at the uh, Mexican restaurant and I was very, being conscientious of those things is very important. And she left there and she had a really good night. You know, I think just allowing us to be there. I'm going back to that couple. Like, I'm not going to raise my eyebrows at my wife and tilt my head like she's saying something ignorant. I think that's terrible, but body language crucial. Good story, right? Big stuff. <laughs> well, that's a good story. <laughs> then I found $10. Uh, so I think those are some steps to being a, a, a more positive person and taking taking back our lives and leading us toward happiness. Uh, Matthew Ricard, we didn't say earlier, he was, from my memory, he was a genetic scientist. And after a 40-year career, gave it up and became a, a Buddhist monk and moved to the mountains of, uh, of Tibet. And subjected himself to this study where um, through brain scans and these sensors discovered that he's quite literally the happiest person on record. And he doesn't like to be talked about. There's a GQ article about him once. and He said he doesn't really want anybody to call him the happiest man in the world. But fantastic person who has learned so much about training your mind. And I think that's what we, that's what we, we're so hard pressed to acknowledge and affirm and believe that we actually do train ourselves how to think. So if I'm not being intentional about that, I'm still doing it. I'm just doing it unintentionally. And if I'm trafficking in negativity, I'm training my brain to be negative. So we have to pay attention. And I think that's probably two words that could summarize most everything that I'm about is is pay attention. Stand up 
and take notice of yourself, of the world around you, and of the the life that you're creating. Pay attention and be intentional. You want me to follow that? Is that what you want me to do? Oh, no, I was just grabbing for another bite of cookie. Okay. Well, while you chew on that, listeners chew on this, maybe today, wherever you're at in this moment, driving a car at home with the kids and they're splashing water all over the bathtub, maybe just try to start forming a positive habit or habits, if you will. Maybe maybe choose today, tonight, this moment to shift your thought for just one moment and say, I choose right now to be positive and then find something around you that is positive. Simple, you think? Simple start? I think habit forming is the secret to training the mind to think differently and training the mind to think differently is the secret to getting out of negative feedback patterns where we start to realize that we're good, people around us are good, life is good, sometimes despite, sometimes because of the circumstances we're in. I have an interesting story about habits. It's uh, based, as you will be surprised to know, on a scientific study involving chimpanzees. There's a great book um, by a man whose last name is DeWall called Chimpanzee Politics. And uh, it, it's a study where a chimpanzee is in a zoo cage. Can I interrupt and just say, like, where did you, did you pass this book on the bookshelf? And you're like, wow, it's chimpanzee politics. I really want to read this. No, I have it. You should read it. It's phenomenal. I mean, I'm sure, but like, did it, was the title enticing or did someone tell you to read it? Like, how did you come upon yeah, this? Yeah, it was, it was uh, a part of a, a group of work that I, of study that I did in Got it. Georgetown, Washington, D.C. for family systems theory. Got it. So this chimpanzee is in the, is in the, the, the pen. And a zookeeper puts a bunch of bananas at the top of a ladder. And the chimpanzee goes up and gets the bananas. And uh, the second time, same thing without incident. The third time, the zookeeper um, sprays a a water hose, a fire hose, uh, at the top of the ladder. And the chimpanzee can't get past it without getting hit by the water. And he goes back down. And then the next time, same thing, more water, more force. And the chimpanzee realizes, oh, I, I can't get past there to get the... The, the bananas. So they now introduce a second chimpanzee and the second chimpanzee starts up the ladder and the first chimpanzee tackles the second chimpanzee off the ladder as if to say, whatever you do, don't go up there because it might look enticing, but there's bad stuff waiting for you. So they now take out the first chimpanzee and bring in a third chimpanzee. So the second chimpanzee tackles the third chimpanzee and they do that again until about 10 or 11 have been introduced and they hadn't sprayed water since the very first one. So it just goes to show you, A, how powerful habits are, and B, how powerful the influence of the people around us are. That if someone's, you know, if we form bad habits or that are, that are dangerous, or if we have people around us telling us that we should or shouldn't do something, like we always need to question that, right? Like why, are, why do we have these habits? And why is someone telling me that I shouldn't go for that bunch of bananas? Because if they had, after that first one, nothing bad would have happened to them. That's how powerful community is. That's the chimpanzee politic. I really like that story. If you're you're speaking Megan's love language right now with bananas with her being pregnant, that's all she wants to eat is bananas. I know there's a lot more to that story than just that, but that was pretty much the sum of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I really like oh me. So read chimpanzee politics. Be mindful of those with whom you share your company and be mindful of your habits. Train your mind to be grateful and to be positive. Hold your posture positively. 
take those two steps forward when you caught yourself being judgmental, move past it, get through it. It's all good. You're training yourself. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And we promise to love you through it. That is my promise. And I hope that it would be yours as well. Do not judge people. Love them where they're at. Love yourself where you are at. Know that there's always there's always room for growth and that is okay. We are in it together. As we say all the time, you're loved more than you know. And being deeply loved by someone gives you strength while loving someone gives us courage. So we hope that you will be strengthened as well as we have been encouraged by your presence and by your listening. You mean the world to us, quite literally. Go get a banana. You'll die trying.